Hey guys, welcome to episode number 20. Today is interview style again with Jacqueline. Now she is a full-time traveler and we had heaps of fun chatting all about that. Now I do need to apologize in advance for some of the quality. We had real trouble getting a good Wi-Fi connection for her due to being on the road so much, which is hilarious. But I have filtered it and edited it as much as I can. So please bear with us. It is pretty clean and pretty clear, but there's the odd sort of abrupt finish and things where I've had to cut things out. So stick with it. It's a bloody good interview. Hope you guys enjoy. You are listening to Solo Women Travel Tribe Podcast with your host, Zena Jones. Learn, inspire, share, and connect with fellow solo women travelers from all over the globe. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Solo Woman Travel Tribe Podcast. Now today I'm chatting with Jacqueline, and she is a 26-year-old full-time traveler who is originally from Germany. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, Sina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Yes, and I'm so glad that we have finally made this happen. We've had so many issues with Wi-Fi, so fingers crossed that this is going to (laughs) work. All right, (laughs) so I'm going to dive straight into the questions. What led you to become a full-time solo woman traveler? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I've been moving around quite a bit from childhood age, and I lived in America, I lived in Germany, and my first big step was actually to move to the UK by myself. Um, My parents were still in the US, and I just packed my bags and went to study there. So that was kind of my first big step as a solo female. And um, (laughs) I actually, it taught me so much and I actually really enjoyed the experience and I've always loved traveling. So it was just, I guess the next step to just pack my bags and go on a trip like this. And you learn so much about yourself and about how strong we are as women and that we Mm. can do it by ourselves. So yeah. <laughs> That's so true. You do learn so much about yourself when you're traveling, like not only full time, but just solo as a woman. Like I really believe that you learn so much about yourself, what you're capable of and how resourceful you can be. Very true. Very mm. true. And especially traveling, so many things happen along the way, but yes. it's just the way you go about it and the things you learn and experience through that, it's just it's beautiful. It's a great journey. Yeah, it totally is. So what are some of the pros and cons of being a full-time traveler? Um, there's many pros and many cons as well. So it kind of depends. It goes hand in hand sometimes. Um, what I personally love the most is that you can actually, you've got the freedom to do anything you want to do whenever you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's no having to, make compromises or be like, okay, we'll do this today because you want it. And we'll do that tomorrow. Cause I want it. You know, it's just like you go out there, you can plan the day however you want to. Um, you can change plans. If something comes along, you can just, yeah, kind of feel free to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Which total is, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Total freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the people you meet as well, I've definitely learned that it's different than if you travel with someone. Because every once in a while, I've had like some friends come and visit or traveled with them for like two, three weeks. But it's a different kind of traveling. It's amazing as well. And I love it. But um, 
you meet people differently because mm. if you've got someone with you, um, I guess maybe you're a bit more closed off where people kind of see like, oh, she's already got someone. Whereas if you're like traveling alone, um, you instantly get chatting to so many people and you meet so many people in like different ways. And um, that's the beauty about it as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think you're almost like you're more kind of open to receive and I guess yeah appreciate the possibility of chatting to someone and when you've got someone that you're already traveling with like friends family group tour whatever like you've already got a person so you're not as open to receive that connection I guess exactly yeah yeah totally so what are some of the cons or you know the not not as easy or good things that that come along when you are full-time traveling (laughs) well um I think it just comes with traveling itself. Like, you've never got a stable place in a way. So if you're Mm. someone that likes kind of having that home or having, like, that group of friends that you always see every day, like, you don't have that while traveling. So it's Mm. never, like, for me personally, I usually stay in a place, like, a few days up to a week, but usually not much longer than a week. Yeah. So you do meet many people, but you always meet new people. So it's never kind of like a stable home or a stable place where you've got the same group of friends, the same group of people around you, Mm. Um, which is beautiful on the one hand, but on the other hand can get a bit, um, I don't know if tiring is the right word, but kind of to the point where you keep having the same conversation or you keep having to introduce yourself. And as fun as that is, like sometimes it's nice to talk to someone that already knows a bit about you or that you can kind of, you've already got the connection on a different level in a way. Mm. Um, and just have that feeling of home as well. Like, especially traveling for so long, I'm kind of feeling that now, like I miss my family. Yeah, I bet. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. Well, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with missing your family and your friends? Um, well, the good thing about like living in the world today is the Wi-Fi and the internet, if it works, um, which <laughs> if it works. Us the, <laughs> yeah. if it works, yeah. Um, which means I can always like, um, FaceTime my parents or do like a video call. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, um, not to be quite nice. Yeah. Cause I can always have a chat with them like through WhatsApp or through, yeah, FaceTime, a video call and can see their faces, which makes such a difference than just hearing their voices. Mm. So that's for me a way to like really keep in touch with them and like see them. Um, yeah. and then with a lot of other friends through Facebook, through WhatsApp, there's so many ways to communicate nowadays that it, it actually makes it kind of easy in that sense. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is so easy. And I think it is so nice that you can see their faces as well. Like you say, like if you FaceTime or Skype or, you know, anything like that, we can actually see that person. It just makes it feel like they're not so far away. I love that. Yeah, me too. That's definitely been like a a great like point to hang on to, like to Mm. the phone calls and seeing their faces again. Yeah, definitely. So tell us, how do you fund your travels? Like, how did you get started and, you know, how do you keep going? Well, I saved up a lot to start off with. Um, I had a job in the fashion industry. I studied fashion design and got a job um, in the industry where I was able to save up quite a bit. And that's kind of what got me started. So I had the funds to start the trip and to just go out and do it. 
Um, and since then, I, I stop every once in a while, and I, I work on a farm or I work in a hostel. Um, sometimes it's just kind of like um, volunteering work, get accommodation or food for free in exchange for your work. Sometimes it's paid a bit, but um, the wages in Southeast Asian countries aren't the same, obviously, as in, in Europe or as in Australia or New Zealand. Um, but it still helps, and it still gets me a bit further which yeah. is always helpful. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and definitely. I can hear yeah. I can hear a bit of banging in the background. Is somebody working on, around you or Um, I think they're just yeah, shaking out their clothes next door. <laughs> okay, cool. I have it? to give it a second. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was um, wondering if we need to pause the recording or if we're good to keep going. They're shaking out their clothes, did you say? Yeah, they're like um, the flip-flops, shaking out the the sand out of the flip-flops. Oh, you mean jandals? <laughs> yeah. Thongs, <laughs> jandals, flip-flops, I see what you mean. <laughs> one, um, one thing I would really like to ask you now, bear in mind you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, um, but I think it would be really helpful if you can for everyone listening is, so you've been traveling now for roughly a year and a half. Is that right? Yeah. It's been, yeah, yeah 16 months so far. Okay. Yeah. Almost a year and a half. And, um, yeah. I wanted to know, so you said that you'd saved up a bit from your job in the fashion industry. If you don't mind, would you tell us how much you had saved before you started traveling? That is a good question. Um, I did save up quite a bit, but I haven't used all of it. And um, while I travel, I keep earning a bit more in a way. Yeah. Um, so, and it depends on how you travel. That's actually something I wanted to touch on as well, because traveling through Southeast Asia can actually be quite cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different than, you know, um, first world countries where food is really expensive expensive accommodation is really expensive it's a lot cheaper in southeast asian countries Definitely. so it's it's kind of like how you make the money work um for me personally like i've kind of managed to travel so cheaply in a way that i need about like five to seven hundred euros a month and that includes like everything so that includes like food accommodation transport anything that i want to do so um yeah, it depends on, on how much money I guess you saved up and then like how long you can make that last for. And for me, it's just been kind of trying to keep costs low and then working in between to kind of stretch the money. Yeah, so five to 700 euros a month is roughly what you live on in Southeast Asia. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, for everything. Yeah. And you're staying in hostels and like like just cheaper places and just like eating like with the locals and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I usually stay in hostels, um, which is fairly cheap. Sometimes you can even get a hostel for like three euros a night. Um, it depends on where you are. It does change a bit the price up and down. Um, food as well. I tend to, yeah, I know. Yeah. Crazy cheap. (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. (laughs) And where do you find those Um, hostels? Like how do you, how did you get a deal for three euros a night? Where, Where did you find that? Well, I often, the way I kind of start out doing that is I've got like a Lonely Planet travel book from Southeast Asia and I always read through like their recommendations of where to go Mm -hmm. and like where the cheap places are. Um, I mark those on the map and I check the prices on booking.com. Sometimes Um, it's cheaper to book it through booking.com. Oh, okay. So booking.com. But then sometimes, 
Yeah, exactly. So um, I'd look on booking.com and see the prices there. Yeah. Sometimes I already book it on there because um, I've got like some discounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then um, often I just kind of show up in the places and like start asking around. And personally, I actually prefer to do that because that gives you the chance to actually look at the rooms, see how clean they are, see if you're going to like it, see if you're okay with the price. And you can haggle. That's something I've learned to do very well on this trip. <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. We could all do with some tips when it comes to, like, haggling or bartering and, like, you know, negotiating a price. So, yeah, tell us. How do you do that? What are your tips? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So um, I usually just kind of ask for the price. And then I'm like, okay, well, if I stay for – you can start haggling if you stay for longer than a night or two. Um, and right. usually I'll stay like three or four nights. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, I'm staying for this long. Like what is the best price you can offer me? And then they'll usually be like, they'll say something. And I'll be like, Oh, but can't you do it for this? You know? And then we're just kind of like, it's just like a funny chat almost. Like I'm not too serious about it because if you get too serious about it, they're just kind of like, they start getting pissed off and they're like, no, go away. <laughs> but if you just do it like lightheartedly and just kind of like have a nice chat with them and just kind of be like, Oh, but my budget is really low. And like, can't we do it for this price? And like maybe throw in the breakfast for free or, you know, kind of, you have to kind of find your balance of how far you can push them and where they'll go. Yeah. But it usually works out quite well. <laughs> and I think something you said there was like keeping it kind of lighthearted and friendly, like, and have a bit of a laugh like about it. Because I have found like, especially like when I've been in Bali and I've been like, you know, trying to barter and things like that, like they'll give you a hug and they'll laugh with you. And then they'll be like, Oh, okay then. And they'll kind of give it to you, but keep it lighthearted <laughs> and fun. I think. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, I love that you do that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got me. Yeah, so many discounts and so many places that would have been way too expensive I've actually been able to stay at. So tell us about some of your standout travel experiences since becoming a full-time traveler. <sighs> Where to start? There's been so many. <laughs> um, I think... Oh, that's a tough one. Like some of the most valuable experiences are actually the people you meet and kind of the experiences you have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the connections you make, the uh, realizing like it, how similar you are in certain ways or like how what you're going through at the moment is very similar. So just like talking to people and getting to know them has actually been like amazing um, and something I really appreciate and cherish mm-hmm. on this okay. trip. That's really cool. Yeah, and especially just, like, meeting all these local people and learning about their country and their culture and just, like, engaging with them. And also, I guess, just realizing and appreciating what we have and how different it is to third-world countries compared to first-world countries and how grateful I am every day for everything that I can afford and everything that I can do. Mm. Um. Yeah, but experiences as such, sorry, that was a bit <laughs> no, off was, the topic. That was a great, great answer. But yeah, and I mean, feel free to share anything else with us as well. Yeah, so just quite recently, actually, I've done a Vipassana course, which is a 10-day medica- meditation course, mm-hmm. and that has been an amazing experience and quite the journey. <laughs> Tell us about that. I've, I've already like, we've chatted a little bit about that, but it sounded literally life changing, but in a very 
challenging but with like, sort of worth it way yeah definitely so it's been um it's quite an intense course mm-hmm. um i don't know how much you guys know about it or not but it's a 10-day course where there's no phones no communication no eye contact no reading no talking no writing no so no nothing which sounds really tough and really like oh why would i even do oh that? my god yes but <laughs> <laughs> i feel anxious just but, hearing you talk about it i have to tell you that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It still gives me goosebumps every time I do talk about it. (laughs) But yeah, it just makes the journey and like it, it, it helps the journey of those 10 days because if you are cut off from all of that and from like the outside world, you're in your own world and that's basically what you're there to do. So you're meditating for like 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, which isn't just like sitting there doing nothing. It's like actually hard work to focus for that long, to concentrate on breathing for that long, to just like be with yourself and inside yourself for that long. It's quite challenging. Yeah. Wow. And but it's, it was, yeah. it was worth it. Like I, I know you've said that it was really challenging, but it was worth it in the end. Definitely. So there's like struggles that you will go through throughout the day and your mind kind of being like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you here? Um, But it gets to the point where you actually quiet your mind down and you just quiet yourself down, calm yourself down and you kind of enjoy like the journey. It's almost, yeah, it is kind of a journey for 10 days of like moments of your past coming in, moments of futures, like, you know, putting itself together in your head and then like just like the peace and quiet of the everything that was unclear before it seems like really clear and you know what to do and you know how to do it and and, um yeah (laughs) it's an amazing experience and the the way you can apply it to life afterwards is just really helpful to stay calm to stay focused and to yes see the positive side I guess in in most of the things that's awesome it sounds like it would be a really beneficial thing to do on the travel journey you know especially when you know like traveling on your own can bring up all sorts of different things like you never know what the day is going to hold so I can see the benefits in that respect exactly whereabouts did you do the um, meditation retreat I did it in Kwantan in Malaysia. So that's the East Coast, um, kind of from Kuala Lumpur, West Coast. So just like across the coast, it's um, on that side. Okay, cool. It's called Dhamma Malaya. So if anyone wants to check that out, um, I can, yeah, I can let you know more about it. Yeah, cool. If anyone wants to, they can chat with you afterwards for sure. I've had a few people ask, and I know that people have been to India for like similar things as well as like yoga teacher training and stuff. So it's interesting to hear. Yeah, definitely. I've heard India is almost the place to do it, and a lot of people I meet traveling have actually come from there or are going there. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting center or place to do it as well. Yeah. But they're all over the world, like anywhere. If you just Google Vipassana meditation or Dhamma, um, D-H-A-M-M-A um, you'll come up with the website and you can literally search it's in every pretty much every country um, it's free it's donation based because they want to spread the the teaching and the happiness that comes with it oh wow um, I didn't so realize it's a, that it's a pretty awesome hmm. yeah 
That's awesome. That's a pretty awesome awesome concept. Yeah, that is. That's actually really, really cool. I had no idea it was free. That's awesome. Wow. Huh. It makes me think of it in a different light now. Yeah, so it makes it it accessible to anyone and to everyone. So even if you don't have the means to pay for an expensive course, you can can still go because whatever you donate at the end is, is enough. Like even if it's just a little bit of money or if it's a lot of money, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah. Sharing, sharing the experience. Yeah. Wow. So is there anything that you would do differently if you were to start this travel journey over again? Um, I've actually thought about this question and it's a tough one, but I would say no. (laughs) I've got no regrets whatsoever. Um, I love it. That's the perfect answer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because at first when I heard the question I'm like hmm would I do anything differently but I'm like no not at all I don't regret any of it it's been a beautiful and amazing journey and I'd recommend anyone and everyone to do it even if it's just for a week or two a month or two a year or two whatever it is it's like you'll never forget it it's like the journey of a lifetime and it will teach yourself so much so Yeah, absolutely. No regrets. No looking back. (laughs) I love that. Has anything gone wrong along the way? Um, Yeah, there are like day-to-day things that you kind of have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are also some quite big things that happen. Um, Day-to-day struggles, you just kind of... Best is to just keep a smile on your face and just kind of try and shrug it off and the next day will be better. Um, But... Yeah, I've, I've actually been in quite a severe motorcycle accident um, quite recently, and mm-hmm. um, it was quite challenging to go through that by myself because I it was bet. in the middle of Laos. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us so about that. in the middle that. of nowhere, basically. Yeah, how did you go through that on your own? What happened? Like, tell, start at the beginning. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I decided to do this day trip in Laos, and um, the weather was okay in the beginning, but it started raining quite heavily, and the roads are really, really rough, especially the more you get out of, like, the cities and that. Um, So I had, like, a really bad accident, like, just flying off the bike, ripped open my legs, and just, like, chipped a tooth, like, everything bruised from head to toe. I could barely stand. I was, like in so much shock um luckily in that moment someone was there to kind of like first aid help me um but because it is such an underdeveloped country um and still so rural there's like the hospital care isn't um to the standards that I guess I would have needed in that point because they were quite severe um wounds and quite severe things that needed to be fixed (laughs) oh my um, god so yeah, I had um, I had quite a rough time getting. I had to stay there the night because there was no hospital close by. Had to um, travel like seven hours in a bus the next day, getting to the closest hospital. Oh my god! And that was so basic that they just wrapped up my leg and they're like, "Yep, you're free to go." I'm like, no, this isn't. I need more than this. Um, so um, did you have travel insurance? Yeah, I had a few. In- Say again? Did you have travel insurance? 
Luckily, I did, yes, and that's actually what saved me because um, I had a few intense days getting to Bangkok, and that I had to do by myself. Yeah. Um, how I did that, I don't know, but it's amazing the kind of strength you you find in yourself when you're in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, I got myself to Bangkok somehow, my bags <laughs> and myself, and um, checked in to the an international hospital, and they. They were the sweetest. They were just like amazing, and they did everything that I needed. Um, the care was to international standards. Doctors speaking English. Finally, someone that can understand. Um, and the insurance paid for all of it. Luckily, um, I didn't have to pay anything in advance. They just dealt with the insurance straight away. Wow. So I can only recommend like if yeah have an insurance have travel oh, yeah. insurance it will save your life <laughs> literally like it yeah it literally will <laughs> do you mind telling us who was the um travel insurance provider that you used yeah um it's called pro trip with dr walter so it is i think a german slash like i think switzerland and Austin as well okay. um insurance I've tried to see if other countries can like book it as well because I've had some friends asking about it. I think you do have to have a German, Switzerland, or Austrian like um, home base right. to actually get the insurance. But it's amazing; they yeah. have like so much included. It's only thirty-seven euros a month. Wow, that's um, reasonable. So it's under forty euros a month, mm. and um, yeah, it. it sounds like it's and worth the support you get. Like you can call them day and night. Someone's mm -hmm. always there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some of the resources that you use to book your travel? So, like your flights and accommodation tours, etc. Um, well, probably the best place I look at first is usually Booking. dot com. Okay. Um, I know pretty much everyone uses it, but it is quite a helpful resource, mm -hmm. and I usually look at accommodation there and kind of figure out, you know, the best prices, um, the best reviews, and kind of like make a fair judgment. I sometimes book it on there, and then sometimes if I'm not too sure if it's actually going to be nice or comfortable, I just go to the place and, like, look at it, see it, and then, like, if I don't like it, move on, check somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, if you want to pre-book things, booking.com is usually the place I start off with. Mm -hmm. And um, for flights, I like to use Momondo, which is M-O-M-O-N-D-O.com. Okay. It's pretty similar to Skyscanner. Um, and it just like shoots out the cheapest prices for the flights and like the best connections and you can kind of see, you know, which one is the best for you. And it's usually quite cheap. Um, they do usually use like cheap airlines like Air Asia or Line Air, which is in Southeast Asia, usually the kind of cheaper, um, airlines to use. Okay. But, cool. um, yeah, it's I great for cheap that. flights. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll have to check that one out because I definitely haven't used that. So it's great. So it was Momondo, M-O-M-O-N-D-O. -O. Yep, exactly. Momondo.com. Cool. Awesome. All right. So yeah. <laughs> what advice can you give to those who are wanting to travel full time? The best advice I can give um, is just pack your bags and go. Like literally. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> You will not regret it. Um, even if it's just for a few weeks, a few days, a few months, like you will learn so much and you'll have probably one of the best times of your life. Stuff will go wrong, 
but that's the advice is to just kind of not take it so seriously and to just shrug it off with a smile if possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of, it's also part of a learning experience, but yeah, just pack your bags and go and do it. Yeah. Try to find the courage and the means. The means actually most people think like money is the issue, which it can be, but traveling is, especially in certain countries is a lot cheaper than most people think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so even with just a few hundred euros, you can already go traveling for a month and, even that is already a great experience in itself. So yeah. yeah. And then like you say, like you've picked up work like on farms and in hostels and things like that. So, you know, if you really want to make it work full time, like you'll find a way, like where there's a will, there is a way, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. hundred percent. So where can yeah. people find you after this podcast? If they want to connect with you, the best way to find me, is through my blog that I just set up, which is called Cutting Loose. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very easy to find. It's www.cutting-loose.com. And all my email addresses, Facebook, everything's on there. So I'm happy to get in touch with all of you and any of you. Just send me a message. Send me any questions you have or if you want to meet up. I've actually met up with a few people from the tribe before and that was amazing so I love um, that I love that you've done that I didn't know that that's cool yeah I did it was a lot of fun it was really nice to meet um other travelers and and especially people that are in the tribe as well and we just like connected and had a good time together so that's awesome yay yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so and thank you for setting that up and like <laughs> giving welcome. us the opportunity to do that. <laughs> You're welcome. I absolutely love that space and I love that I love to see pictures when women connect. Like I love it when they post like photos of meeting each other. It like seriously it's like the best thing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm nice. just to reiterate that anyone who wants to connect with you can find you on your website and, and your blog, which is cutting loose and it's cutting like dash or hyphen loose.com yes exactly yeah. cool um and i know you've yeah. got a facebook page and stuff like that as well so they can all find you there and of course you're in the tribe as well if anyone wants to ask you any questions exactly so i can be found through cutting loose on facebook as well or through my name jacqueline keeneth i'm the first one that comes up there's only one of me <laughs> on facebook so um, just That's feel free good. to get in touch and especially through the blog i've just set it up so i'm, I'm really working on it i'm trying to also generate a bit of income through that um so cool. yeah just check yeah. it out have a read through it and i'm happy to get in touch with any of you Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you so much for coming on to record this podcast. I know we've definitely had some challenges with the Wi-Fi signal and getting it recorded, but my fingers are tightly crossed that we piece this together and that we don't have to (laughs) re-record. Yeah, me too. I'm so sorry. The Wi-Fi here is a bit in and out, so I hope it's okay. You guys can understand most of it. Yeah, all good. Thank you so much, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you as well. I've had an amazing time getting to know you and recording this podcast. And yeah, hope to talk to you all again soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. If you would like to ask me any questions or give any feedback or comments, pop on over to Solo Woman Travel Tribe. I would love to hear from you guys and connect. Now, if you want to get your hands on 
my copy of the top five things you need to know as a solo woman traveler, it's not what you think, then head on over to www.solowomantraveltribe.com forward slash download. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are not already a member of our Solo Woman Travel Tribe, then please come and check us out at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Solo Woman Travel Tribe. Thanks again, and I hope to see you over in the group.